Hello and a happy new year to you all. A warm welcome back to Offstage, the backstage podcast where we shine a light on all the wonderful people who work behind the scenes and make theatre happen. My name is Rory Jakeman. And I'm Spencer Tiny. A very happy new year to you, happy darling. Happy new year to you happy and to everybody. Uh, 2020, we got a lot in store and a lot of really lovely people and a lot of varied roles and disciplines that we're really looking forward to mm. actually finding out about. Lots of people to talk to and it's going to be an excellent year for the Offstage Podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, this week's focus is about the role of stage management, something myself and Spen should know a bit more about. I wish I knew more about stage management. The slightly concerning thing is that you're uh, a full-time stage (laughs) management employee. I should know stuff, but I think that actually uh, I'm going to learn a lot from this particular podcast with Georgia Bird. She's fantastic. She really is. She has been an ASM, a DSM, and is now a stage manager. Um, She's been touring. She's been in the States, the West End, the whole work, so we can really get an idea about what stage managers actually do rather than talking to Spencer about it. (laughs) I think that that's probably important that we do. I Uh, think it's time. Let's crack on. Here we go. Georgia Bird, we finally tracked you down. It's Hi. taken months. This is actually this has taken months and months because you've been in San Francisco, then you were in New York, and then you were out of town. So we finally tracked you down. Yeah. We need a tracking Thank device you. on yeah. you. I think. I you've been everywhere. We know where you are. I'm finally back in London. But Georgia, uh, please tell us what shows you've been working on recently, sort of last sort of few years. Well, I've actually been working only on two shows for the last two years. Okay. Um, which has been uh, the Jungle. Uh, written by the two Joes and The Inheritance, which is also a new piece of writing written by Matthew Lopez, which is now on Broadway. Um, and they both originated at Young Vic, um, and they both, luckily enough, have had new lives throughout the last two years. So I've kind of been back to back doing those productions. Moving, moving right. around with where they went. And... Moving them around, moving them into the West End, moving them over to New York over to San Francisco and then I've just got back from New York. You're uh, saying this so casually. Oh, oh yeah. you know, I was just, I was just on Broadway. Just now. putting it on Broadway. Yeah. Oh gosh, here comes Georgia again. <laughs> um, but because I asked uh, if you'd send your CV to me just so mm. we can get an idea. Yeah. And it's fairly long, isn't it? Yeah, you've been, it's quite long. You've had a, like a really successful you know, career. Yeah. What else have you worked on prior to that? So, um, I mean, my first job in the industry was on a production of Midsummer Night's Dream. Lying? Absolutely oh, not. No. <laughs> Straight away. Oh. Is this how it's going to be? Is it Georgia? <laughs> Much ado about nothing. There we go. Same, same, uh, same. <laughs> same author, author, isn't it? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same guy. Will does a lot of good work around I mean, this town. Yeah, come on, guys. It was nearly 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and that was actually on work experience and ended up working... Um, there full time and then met Howard Jepson who is a now retired company manager um, and then kind of went with him around and worked on play, a lot of new writing worked on the audience uh, worked on a play called Photograph 51 uh, which was with Nicole Kidman Michael Grand directed that and then um, 
Skylight, mostly working with the same directors, to be honest with That's you. quite nice. Yeah. They uh, they don't veto you, veto you on the first day. <laughs> no. We don't want really George lucky back. to be asked back. Um, and, you know. You. Again. Oh, no. Here she comes. <laughs> so, yeah, loads of different plays, but mm. a lot of new writing. New writing for me is something that I'm really interested in. Okay. Um, I've kind of done two musicals. Um only one from scratch and then the other one kind of cut short very quickly. What drew you to want to be uh, a stage manager? Well, I started out actually, as most people do, I guess, in this industry as a performer. I went to a very small school where they didn't have a very big drama department, so performance was kind of the only way and the only avenue. Um, And then I tried to get into some acting schools through acting, did some auditions, didn't do very well. Um, and whilst I was having time off uh, some family friends who were in the industry told me that actually stage management is what I would be better at so I called up Rose Bruford where I trained and um, joined the course I had no idea what I was doing Oh wow! I turned up two weeks later I left Portsmouth where I'm from and ended up in London doing a course that I had absolutely no idea about and that's how I got into stage management. Incredible. <laughs> um, and did a three-year degree in it. Um, but to be honest, I didn't really know much about it because I wasn't educated in it from the beginning. I wasn't one of those people that went to, to see theatre a lot. I didn't go and see a lot of theatre because I lived oh, in Portsmouth. Right. Um, so it was kind of follow what other people thought that I should do. I was in a bit of a dilemma. I wasn't able to act. So what else would I do? Yeah. Was there a first, the first few terms of Rose Bruford, were you a bit like, oh God, this isn't working. What uh, is this? No. No, you love training. Immediately I was like, oh my God, I'm the most organised person. This is perfect for me. <laughs> um, and it kind of, I have to admit the first year of a degree when you're training, you're kind of getting used to, you don't necessarily do a, a, an actual stage management position or an ASM position. You're kind of getting to know theatre and what theatre making is about. So the first year, we kind of put a lot of projects together and devised a lot of pieces. And I kind of found like-minded people who mm. had a lot of passion for theatre and a lot of creativity. And I think for me, that then pushed me and made me really, really want to study in theatre because it enlightened kind of what I'd always wanted to do, which was a creative industry, but I wasn't sure where I kind of belonged. I'm feeling like a part in that cog exactly uh, yeah 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 exactly how do you feel that the training developed you to go into the industry well actually like when i was at rose bruford they were very kind of collaborative um theater comp theater school and they kind of pushed you a lot out into the industry so i kind of when i was there built my kind of projects to work in outside theaters so uh, i kind of worked at the unicorn theater and i did a lot of other stuff um, so that I could build my career whilst I was at university. And I was quite savvy that in my final year, I left the professional experience to the last thing that I had to do. So actually worked out in my favour because then I got taken on work experience in the West End and ended up getting a job. Um, because and, you'd already had those other Yeah, and I could leave. I, I'd, I'd, I'd done everything. I'd done my dissertation. I'd done all my other kind of modules that I had to do for my final year. And this was the last thing I did. So I left university in the beginning of May, when I should have left in July, um, and was able to just do my kind of final projects and tying up from working in the industry. So I was really, really you were lucky. straight in. Straight, straight in, and I never work. looked back since. Incredible. Yeah. And I actually feel 
theatre, the, the, uh, Rose Bruford was my stepping stone to be able to open the doors into the industry for me. I think that's what it did. With, um, with your career and your CV, mm. you've obviously, you've been an ASM, you've been a DSM, mm. and now you're becoming a stage manager. Can you quickly go through an overview of the roles of an ASM? Let's start with an yeah. ASM. Yeah, I mean, they're all very, very different, and they all ask very different skills of each person. And an ASM is... It's kind of the person that is the main point in terms of being able to, for, for a uh, pop supervisor and a designer, I feel that the ASM is the person that should be the main point of contact within a rehearsal room and within a show of being able to create their vision and maintain that whilst, whilst the show is kind of running on. Um, and uh, also learning and watching how the rest of the team work. I think when you start out as an ASM, you're very fresh into the industry. And you know, obviously, you, you if you stay in that position, you you gain a lot of knowledge. But I think it's a really important role for you to be able to see how the team works and develops. That's kind of what I used it for. So you've left the rehearsal room, you've mm -hmm. collated all the props together. Yeah. You've arrived in the theatre. Mm -hmm. How does an ASM work during the technical rehearsal? So an ASM needs to make sure whichever side of the, if they're running the whole stage, whether they've got a wing, whatever it is, they need to make sure that everything is there that everything has a position, everything is clearly marked by an actor. I think it's very important that an ASM has all of that sorted before the cast enter into the building so that they know what they're walking into. Um, I think it can, doesn't always happen that way, as we all know, on the first day of tech, we're most likely passing a prop out of a box because we haven't had yeah. <laughs> the time because, you know, the get out was at six o'clock and the actors join <laughs> at nine o'clock or whatever it was. So that's not always the way that it ends up panning out. But I think being able to maintain in that theatre and especially in tech, you know, a calm attitude to know what's going on and to make sure that everything runs smoothly and to be a point of call for those actors if anything kind of goes wrong. And then <coughs> into shows and then you're running the running the wing. Running and... the wings and yeah, until, until it it finishes. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's just maintaining the show and making sure that every single that every single night you're maintaining the standards that you had from the very beginning. Um, and I think that's a really important job for the ASMs because the stage management stage manager once you know the show's up and running, it, the ASMs kind of run the show mm -hmm. backstage. Um, and you know it's important for them to keep the standards up. Yeah, going back to the rehearsal room. Mm. In terms of being a DSM, how does that work well dsm is very different because dsms you're kind of you're sat on the book for the whole time and it's a really important job actually um because you are taking down all the movements of the blocking um any script changes that happen throughout you'll most likely be sat in a room if you're doing new writing with a playwright but that doesn't always necessarily mean that they're going to get every change that happens and you know so you are that main point of call and it's a really important job um, you're also there to support the actors a lot more than any other position because they're going to come to you with line problems and also you're their kind of lifeline when a show happens. Mm. Uh, if they get stuck and they lose all of their lines, which is, I'm sure happened yeah, to yeah. all of us when you're sat on a book and you have to give a line, you know, it's terrifying for you, but you're that support for them. So yeah, they're kind of, you know, they're more the literary, I feel, side of mm. stage management <laughs> not as practical obviously you are being practical on a daily basis but you're that support to the director a little bit more as well i think as a deputy yeah you've got to have a good relationship with the director Very so a lot of 
is it is it fair to say a lot of directors will take a DSM with them on different shows? A lot, yeah. There's a lot of um, directors that pick their DSMs and stay with them. I know that I did a show, um, Chorus of Disapproval, and that was Trevor Nunn, and he had a DSM that he worked with, only worked with on every show. Yeah. Which I kind of understand to a certain degree, because you that shorthand mm. that you have with between a, a director and a DSM if you've got it, you don't want to lose that. Yeah, if yeah, there's an understanding between the two of you, yeah. you, you there's unspoken things that can just happen yeah, in a rehearsal room or, or whatever. Just make everything so much more simple. Yeah, it? 100%. And, you you know, it, 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 it's also... I mean, I've saying that I worked a lot with the same directors and that kind of familiarity within a rehearsal room is absolutely incredible to have, especially stage management, because you're always, you know expected to know everyone know everything about it whereas if you kind of cut that room in half and you already know half of them already it makes your job a lot easier <laughs> yeah you can sort of foresee any problems that they're going to have as well or any yeah. sort of you know and you know what they want on the first day of rehearsals you know what tea they like you know what coffee mm. they like to drink you know that they're a smoker so therefore you can catch them having a fag break outside <laughs> to ask them that really important question about firework they've decided to put on stage you know like all of those kind of things that you can't ask in front of the actors of <laughs> going what the are you doing? <laughs> <You're> like... <laughs> so, and then tech on the book. On the book, calling the show, making sure that your relationship with the... Di- I mean, I, I also, as well as the DSM having a great relationship with the director, having a great relationship with your sound designer and your lighting designer as well, because, you know, essentially, they are giving you the gift of their design mm. that you then have to make sure is beautiful every single night. Um, so that relationship... Uh, is very those relationships are very important as well so you kind of come into the theatre you tech the show you make sure that everything is where it needs to be and everyone knows what they're doing and communicating with the other departments communicating with all the other departments yeah you have a intercom kind of thing on your desk where you're able to then speak to everybody on different you know not listening to everybody else different channels Mm. (laughs) so that you're able to then make sure everybody is on the same page at any point that you stop within a technical rehearsal um and then when the show's running teach the book which is a massive thing because obviously you need covering as well as a dsm we all know not being able to get up and go to the toilet within a show because no one else knows the book (laughs) really quite scary sometimes (laughs) when when you've started a new show as well as a dsm Mm. and built it up is that quite a difficult thing to kind of feel like you're passing on Is 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 it like you've you've created this uh, book and all the information and all in one place and then you have to give it away to someone else yeah. or, or like... is it the opposite you're going oh, oh thank god someone take this from I me I mean I have to admit I've only ever done one play where I was DSM on it and then I moved up and was something else and was able to pass it on which was The Jungle which is what I've been doing up to now um, and I was so grateful to say goodbye to really? calling that show for so many reasons um, and I wasn't precious about it at all because also it was the first time I was going into doing a stage management role, more senior role. So I was quite you know, grateful for somebody to kind of take it off of my hands. But yes, the beauty that a book can be to a DSM, to let that go can be quite difficult sometimes because you do, you put so much time mm. and effort into making something that is essential to the running of that show. And make it so specific. So so specific. I mean, I remember coming to Book of Mormon and learning to call a book, and it is the most specific thing to do, to learn somebody else from somebody else's book, 
because it's so personal to them, you know. Yeah, it's, it's very personal to them. Everyone has a different way of doing it. There's no yeah. wrong or right. Um, and at the end of the day, you're all trying to call all the cues, uh-huh. lighting cues, flies, whatever, yeah. automation, try and call them in exactly the same place as everyone else, mm. yet your own book can be completely oh, different completely to someone Completely different, else's. yeah, completely different to someone else's. And trying to call from somebody else's book is probably one of the hardest things to do. That's what I mean, when I was calling, I would create my own book. Mm. Because I think even, but even not, no, not at all, but (laughs) it was more the fact that I needed post-its everywhere and I didn't want to ruin someone else's book. So I needed, you know, Rory's, you know, first colouring book. Draw a picture at the same time. Well, no, I mean, it was, it was the fact that, you know, during, you know, we were the longest show that, you know, I needed post-its to maybe like, you know, write notes or doodle or something like that. I didn't want to do that on someone else's book. And also some people might have the script on the right hand side. And then yeah. some people might have it on the left hand side. I really yeah. struggle with. So if you get to if you get to a show and they've got it on the right, you know the different sides you have, yeah. you'll be like, through, yeah. Ooh! <laughs> yeah. I remember once I was doing Photograph Fifty One and I was calling the show on my own for the first time, and it was an hour and forty five all the way through. So I kind of trained myself up not to need the loo for that amount of time, um, and also to just kind of keep going. It was a very fast paced moving show. And the, uh, st- the DSM at the time, who was Sharon Hobden, who was one of the most incredible DSMs mm-hmm. I've worked with. Yeah. Um, I was just about to turn the page and realised as she'd been going through the page, this, the book, and updated her book that day, had forgotten to put that page back in. Oh, no. <laughs> and there was like 10 keys on it. <laughs> so I was like, Sharon, 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 you need to come back here now. And it was in the bin. And she managed to get oh, it out and put it in front of me Brilliant. just before those keys just were about. time. I mean... Scariest thing in the world. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Then peace will guide the planets And love will still stop This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius The age of Aquarius Aquarius Right, let's finally move on to stage manager. Yes. Stage manager. A big what? house. The big boss, I know. It's so nice being a stage manager, I really enjoy it. Um, I think stage management is very different to the other roles because you actually take more of a managerial position in terms of running a team. And so kind of what you've learned going through the other roles is how you're integrated within that team. Um, and then how you want to kind of do that yourself. And I find that every stage manager is very, very different on how they run a team and how they run a show yeah there's not a set way there's not a set way and a lot of people don't like the way some people Mm. do it I do I'm very kind of I'm very open especially with my cast I have a very open relationship with my cast in terms of we don't need to know that (laughs) you know what I mean in that is is um you know I'm I'm friends with them as well as being their boss and I find that a very a very good way of being able to kind of manage a full company when I was doing the jungle I had a company of 26 um cast members who over two years I tried very many different approaches and I realized that actually being friends with those people Mm. and kind of speaking to them on a personal level one hands down than kind of shouting orders and you feel a bit closer to them and if you've got to deal with something a bit more delicate then you're able to approach it yeah and I feel that that's like I like that within my team in terms of being able to go okay this is us we're a family um and you know you have a lot of control over 
uh, what happens. You know, you have to make sure that in the rehearsal room that everybody is there on time, that things are running to schedule, that, um, you know, the directors and everybody is happy. Um, as well as making sure that every kind of technical element is being covered with the production manager. So you need to make sure that you are kind of one step ahead of the ideas that the directors have um, to make sure that you are able to do that mm. and then you're covered in it when you get to the, the theatre. Um, and then when you get to the theatre, kind of making sure that everything is ready to go and running the tech, um, which is probably the most enjoyable thing in the yeah. world, running a tech. It's the most fun um, and being stage manager, you're the one that's in control. It's your stage, you know, you can tell everyone to clear off and yeah. shut up and kind of command it, which is when you've been working in the industry for so long and all the different kind of roles, it's a really exciting thing to be able to do. Um, and then once the show's running, you're there to kind of make sure that everybody's happy um, and to be that kind of main point of contact within the technical department and with the actors on stage um, and kind of just oversee the whole thing. Um, and depending on what production it's on, you know, um, doing The Jungle was an immersive show, so a lot of my stuff was actually health and safety, so I kind of became the person that had to make sure that every single day the audience and the cast were both yeah. safe at the same time. Um, so that kind of comes into the stage management role of making sure that everything is safe. Yeah, the overall responsibility. Yeah, it's a huge responsibility. Yeah, listening to you now, it's it's definitely uh, interesting to hear that from being an ASM and DSM now stage manager that you have got that experience and you know what an ASM will be doing mm -hmm. in tech. You know what DSM, so you have that knowledge prior to being a stage yeah, manager rather I've, than just going straight into being a stage manager, not. And I think that's really important. I mean, when I came out of university, I had no expectations of what job I would get. I was just like, give me a job and I'm happy to do that job. And I think actually it's a really important journey to go on as a stage manager to do all of those jobs, even if you don't enjoy it. I don't particularly enjoy being a DSM, but I knew that I had to learn the skills of a DSM as a stage manager to understand what my And to appreciate it, yeah. And to appreciate it, and also to develop those relationships with the people that you're working with, and to understand those different roles, and to have those skills, because when you're a stage manager, if your DSM's sick, you're going to potentially have to jump on the book at some point. Um, so if you haven't got a familiar familiarisation with those sorts of skills, you're kind of putting yourself into a weak position. And yeah. just to know what the expectations are mm. of, of each other. In the yeah, exactly. Well. If your DSM comes to you and goes, I'm, I'm losing my mind up here calling the show eight times a week, you absolutely understand what they're going for mm. because you've done that yourself. And I think that's really important being, you know, the manager of a team to mm. know that know what positions. everyone else is going yeah, to Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've been talking a lot about the jungle. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us how that kind of started, what your initial um, role was and yeah. how you ended up doing it? Yeah, I mean, the jungle is a very different play to anything I've ever done. I, um, For those of you that don't know, it's about the refugee crisis that happened in Calais, and the ref set in the refugee camp in Calais, 2016, where I first met the Joes, who were the writers of the play. Um, I was uh, doing a favour um, by taking some stuff over for them to their theatre, which they built in the refugee camp. It's this huge dome tent. Um, and uh, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who asked me to take some stuff over and go and volunteer. So I spent five days over there building a shed and uh, helping run workshops and meeting kind of all the refugees and... Um, 
it had a massive impact on me. I, I don't think I've ever been put in a situation where I've witnessed how terrible conditions are for mm. other people um, from different backgrounds, um, especially refugees at that time. So I came back to the UK um, and then kind of six months later found out that they were writing a play about it and turned around and said, I have to work on this. Mm. Um, you have no idea the experience completely changed my life and I want to know what's happening. And luckily enough, the directors, Justin Martin and Stephen Daldry, were the ones then directing it, who I have worked with in the past, um, invited me back to work on it and we developed it at the Young Vic in the National Theatre. Um, which was kind of a very immersive process because the play wasn't completely written. There were a lot of actors who were from the countries that they were representing. So we had Nahel Tezgai, who's from Eritrea, um, and she was representing the female Eritrean um, group of refugees that were in the camp. So there was a lot of writing kind of on hand, which as a DSM, which is the job that I was doing at the time, it was the most exciting thing in the world for me because I was being able to help write this play and kind of put something on that had never been done before in an immersive mm. production at the Young Vic. Also, there were a lot of actors in, in the production who were refugees from the camp, um, like, for example, Yasin Maradi, who um, was in the show. I am, He was actually the first person I met when I landed in Calais. Um, and then we've been kind of travelling around doing the show together. Um, and it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever been involved in creating that. So, because of what the show was, mm. how did setting that particular show up differ from uh, doing a rehearsal room for yeah. one of the other shows that you've done? It, w it was very different because we didn't really know what it was. Um, and kind of, you know, when you've got a script and you've got stage directions and you've, you know, you've kind of got a plan, it's very easy to be able to know what you're doing. And um, what's ahead of you as And well. what's ahead of you, exactly. You can plan for the props that you need and you can plan for whatever you need. Um, whereas this was kind of a developing thing. And so going into tech and going into previews and stuff at the Young Vic, it never kind of stopped developing. It, we, we never actually had a deadline where things didn't change. Even after press night, we, you know, we changed here and there and we moved things about. Um, and so for a stage manager kind of working within that, uh, there were so many different challenges that were kind of arose um, that you had to kind of contend with. But it was also that you were working with a very diverse group of people. You've got some actors that have been in the industry for over 30 years, and then you've got performers that have never performed mm -hmm. on a stage before, have never, whose first language isn't English, and you've got to make sure that all these people are, are doing the right things at the right time. And it's a massive, it was a massive challenge. Um, especially with the immersive side of it as well. Because mm. also, I, I don't know if you knew, but we had to serve 110 uh, cups of hot chai every day. And right, yeah. we had 150 naans to cook. And we had uh, a curry and rice that we had to heat up every day. And then during the show, um, the, the, the audience were sat within the stage and it was a 360 degrees kind of acting around you. So for a stage manager to try and have to kind of keep on top of all of the health and safety things of all of that was a massive challenge to mm. set. It's not been done before, really. Um, and so you're kind of thinking on the job as, as quickly as possible to make sure that it's all going to work out all right. So you took The Jungle to the States yeah. and you took Inheritance to America too. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about working in America? Yeah. Um, 
I have to say, the first time I went to America, I was doing um, Skylight in 2015. That was, I only went out there very briefly to teach props. That was kind of my first Broadway glimpse at how things run, which was very, very different to how we do things over here. And then I went back over and I was at the uh, St. Anne's Warehouse, which is more like how we work over here. And then um, which I went- is, Sorry, where's St. Anne's Warehouse? St. Anne's Warehouse is in Brooklyn, in New York. Um, and then I went and worked in a union theatre in San Francisco, which was the first time we'd ever done this play in a union <laughs> theatre. Um, and over there, it's very, very strict rules. Stage management aren't allowed to touch props. So you can look at a prop and you can tell somebody to move that prop, even if it's 10 centimetres to the left. You have to ask somebody else to do that for you. Um, I think when I was doing Skylight, there was it was me running the, the, the show backstage. When um, we took it to Broadway, there were seven people doing my job because an electrician <laughs> <Wow>. couldn't touch <laughs> turning on the water on the yeah. bath. So we had to have somebody else on the bath. Then it was, I, ASM can't touch a towel because that's wardrobe. So the wardrobe have to be there to catch them. So there's, it's, it's very different because stage management get paid a hell of a lot more. Yes. They get respected in a very different way. Mm. I think stage management over there are the gods of theatre. They are thought of as the people that run everything. They're full of quite kind of like the mum and dad, depending on what sex you are. Um, because you are there every day. You are kind of running everything. Whereas over here, you don't necessarily get the same kind of recognition for the job that you do. And I found that um, even though there were all these rules that were put into restriction, they're there for a reason. Mm. And that's to protect people's jobs. Um, and so the fact that I couldn't touch a prop, if I wanted to, I went over and discussed it. Obviously, you know, you, you, it's lax depending on where you work, who you're working and with, who you're working what your with, relationships yeah. are. Um, but it's actually a really, really good system because it means that every single person knows what they're doing, every single person has a job, and actually stage management become managers. Um, and they're the ones that are telling people what to do and where they should go, which is kind of what our job is about. Um, I did miss being able to make something or be able to just go, do you know what, I want to go and do the reset before dinner because I've yeah. got to go and meet a mate. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. It's very, very strict and I found that frustrating. But the one thing I did find is the respect that I got over there was very different to how I was over here. And for a time, didn't want to come back. <laughs> because it's I, I, I find in the UK stage management are well respected in a way but I think we have to fight a lot for that respect I don't think it's necessarily given to you straight off because you've got that job um and I found that quite a difficult comparison to have because we're better at it sorry Americans we're better <laughs> at it over here. but yet they get more recognition and respect for the job that they do over there so well, we just kind of do everything over here yeah. and and there is no kind of worry of oh yeah who's meant to be doing this, who's meant to be doing right. that, because it needs to be done, so you do you get it. get on it, yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, and, and, and I like that mentality. I think, you know, the collaboration of what theatre over here is why I fell in love with theatre in the first place, is because you're creating something together. So those walls, if I was there for a long time, would probably annoy the hell out of me. But at the same time, the support from their union for stage management is what we need over here. It's what we're missing in terms of the support for contracts and pay and hours and maternity leave and support because we don't really have that in place as much over here, especially for stage management and technical side. You've uh, 
you've worked with some wonderful names throughout the uh, have, last, yeah. what was it, 10 years, did you say? 10 years coming up for, yeah. The anniversary. Ooh. I mean, I've, I've, I've got a few here. I've got uh, Danny DeVito, mm -hmm. um, the late, um, very much loved Richard Griffiths, Dame Helen Mirren, so Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, Dame Kristen Scott Thomas, Bill Nye, Kerry Mulligan, Nicole Kidman, Lizzie Lohan, and there's more and more yeah. after that. Uh -huh. um, how, how have you found working throughout your career with such famous names? You know, does it change the company dynamic? How does that I all mean, work? yeah, it can do. I was really lucky, like I said at the beginning of the interview, to, to be um, kind of introduced to the industry by Howard Jepson, who was the absolute master of looking after celebrities. And he kind of said to me when we first started, I was very young, I was, well, wasn't that young but I was in my early 20s and he turned around to me and was like this is our job we're here to serve a purpose we're here to make sure that this show happens and I think if you have that in mind and you're working with the people of that caliber um you end up making some of the most incredible relationships because they rely on you and mm. they they realize that you're a massive support there um and so you become friends and you become family um and so all of these incredible people that I've met along the way just by showing them support, have kind of then created a relationship with them that's, which has luckily, you know, carried on after working with them. But yeah, it does kind of change the dynamics within the company though because obviously you've got the star um, and everybody else. But I've, n I, I've only worked very rarely with big famous actors who have caused any issues or made it uncomfortable or made it kind of different to work within. They're normally all really, really lovely. Amazing. Very eloquently put. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you Once so again. much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Stop till you are squat. Till this rebellion is quashed. Till Claudia's sweaty discipline has washed this sickening skin. Wow, that was brilliant. Fantastic to talk to Georgia. She is wonderful. And hearing about all the different roles in a stage management department and working abroad and working in the West End, she's got it all. And, you know, if nothing else came from today's episode, we just hope that Spencer learned a bit more about his career. I did. <laughs> right, that's about enough. Um, but please, before you go, like, subscribe, rate. Give us all your stars. Absolutely, and, and message us as well. What's our handle uh, on the Twitter sphere? On please? the Twitter sphere is at Offstage Podcast. Drop us a line, any story, juicy gossip. We love juicy gossip. We'd love to hear more of your fierce stories. Send them in. Um, right. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Rory. See you for the next one. See you later. <laughs>